0: Welcome to this episode of Americana Station. I am India Ramey and I am here today talking with Brittany Collins about her fabulous new album, Things I Tell My Therapist. Um, and I just told Brittany I have a therapy appointment after this. So this is <laughs> very, very apropos. Um, Brittany, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having
1: me. I'm so excited
0: yeah me too. I'm excited for you and um and this great album. I've been listening to it all morning and afternoon, and um there's so many things about it that resonate with me um and we're gonna get we're gonna get into that before we do though. I want to know more about you um like where did you grow up, and how did you ultimately come to music?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a question I'm still asking myself. Um <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I'm fr- I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Uh grew up in a small town in Washington state, rural Washington state. Um and you know, really uh <clears throat> my kind of like journey into the music that I'm making now has been really interesting because like when I was a kid growing up, I think I really you know, like the roots in country music that like people were listening to around me because like coming from a small town that was like pretty prevalent. And I think I just like associated that with like people that I didn't particularly like whose values didn't align with mine. You know, I went like, so I was like a punk rock kid. I was like going to punk shows from the time I was like really young. And, um, you know, so I almost feel like I kind of deconstructed, right? Because you do this thing where you go back and listen to the bands that, your favorite bands listen to. And then you listen to the bands that they listen to, you know? And the like, it's like all goes back to roots music. Like, you know, it's everything has like its origin in like blues and, and, uh, you know, country, folk, Americana, you know, it's like all kind of comes from that same place. Um, and so, you know, as I got older, right. I think I started really like trying to figure out what my style was and like, you know, what I sound like, you know, I think uh, so many musicians I know, like when you first start out, you're just like imitating the people that you like. Right. And then it takes a yeah. while before you figure out like, what do I actually sound like, you know? Yeah. Um, And that can change a lot over time. But it's funny because, you know, so I, I really like the place that like country and Americana is at right now, where I think that there's starting to be this recognition that, it's becoming so much more inclusive of like of like queer folks and folks with disabilities and, and people in like the BIPOC communities, you know, and we're starting to realize like, I'm, you know, you know, on this journey too of being like roots music has so much in common with like punk rock, you know, in that it's like, the origin is that it was made by people who are being disenfranchised and like people who have gone through some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I align with, you know? Like, I, give me a good sad song, you know? And I'm like, I'm I'm there all day. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, that was kind of like where I came from in my like musical journey. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, i had like played in various bands, but I had never, like when I was a teenager, I was not that kid that was like in bands. I was very much like, I would go to shows and like be on people's street teams. And like, I was very like a big music enthusiast, but I had really low self-esteem when I was a teenager and I just never really wanted to, I think it was one of those things that like, you know, you don't want to do it and fail, you know? Cause like, yeah. cause it's, it's too, too important, you know? And <clears throat> it took me a long time. And honestly it took the kind of, uh, frustration of a lot of my friends being like, this is stupid. You have to get out and do this. Like, you know, um, you're just like your time, you know, just like, you know, you got to just go do it. Um, you know, and I was really glad that I had them like friends when I was in my early twenties to like push me to do that. Um, cause you know, I finally started kind of like playing shows of my own and, you know, integrating myself into like the local music communities and, and, um, And gained a lot of confidence with that. And, you know, that kind of slowly led into what I'm doing today, which is, you know, writing music and playing with my band.
0: That's really cool. Um, I, like, I kind of, it's so funny because some of the, a lot of the things that you say in your bio and in like previous interviews that I've read and now that we're talking now are, it echoes a lot of the things that I've said about, um, about all of these subject matters, um, including Americana, like these days, I feel like Americana is, um, is kind of, is like you said, like, it's kind of, it's punk rock in its own right, because yeah. it's, it's sort of like, it's a, it's a rebellion against, um, you know, mainstream, <laughs> mainstream country music. And, and, um, uh, I, I have always identified with that Too, I I kind of like. I'm older than you are, but I grew up um, a little punk rocker because my sister was a punk rocker, like a a real punk rocker, and um, like (laughs) in the '80s. And um, I wanted to be just like her, and um, I was really in a new wave and stuff like that when I was little. And it wasn't until I was in college that I started to really embrace my father's music, because he was a huge country music fan. And, um, I sort of like returned back to that and it felt so natural. And, um, and these days it feels even more natural because it's, you know, the Americana genre is kind of giving the finger to everybody else and saying, listen, we'll take the wheel. We know what we're doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the more I like get into the, you know, the more like, I understand about the history and the more, like, I'm, I'm a big nerd, you know, when I, when I, am like, dive into a genre or a subgenre of music, I really want to know about the history, I want to know about who's, who, not just who's playing now, who were they influenced by, who were they influenced by, like, I like to go back, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the more that I've gotten into that, the more I just really think it's bullshit that we have this idea of, like, country music, I think what a lot of people think of country music as is like this kind of like, I'd call it like bro country, you know, where it's like pickup trucks and girls in short skirts. And like, not that there's anything wrong. Like, you know, if that's your jam, go for it, you know, but to me, like that was why I rejected that kind of like roots, you know, education, right. Mm -hmm. was because that's who I associated that with. And I associated that with people that weren't particularly kind to me or any of my friends, You know, I like nowadays, like as an adult, like that really pisses me off because I just think that it's like the scene is being gatekept by people that are not at all aligned with the original like purpose of country music. Right. Which was that it was being played by poor people on their porches and in their fields. And, you know, like, yeah it's supposed to be a community-minded thing. And like you said, you know, kind of pop country these days is very much the antithesis of that. Like, it's not at all based in that. Um, And I think that, like, there's merits to, like, pop country. You know, like, there's definitely, like, there are are huge country bands right now that are, like, making great music. I'm not, like, by any means saying, like, if you're in the pop country kind of genre that, like, you know, throw it out the, you know, throw it out altogether, right? But I just think that, like, it's so funny because we think of it as like being a new thing, like inclusivity in the genre, but it's like, it's not yeah. new. The genre literally was invented by people who were being, you know, shit on <laughs> by the man. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you are, uh, you are an asset to the genre and um, this album is a, is a really great work. Um, I, I, I gathered from reading, you know, um, the, the bio about the album, that this is a very introspective, very personal project for you. Um, why don't you share with the listeners, like what the, the overall theme of this album is?
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, at first it was kind of almost like a very like self-interested, you know, I was in like a big period of reflection in my life Um, uh, when the pandemic hit. I was in graduate school um, and was, you know, kind of like in a career transition. uh, And frankly, was, had uh, really become more and more serious about music as I had gone along, right? And so I was in this kind of crossroads of, what was going to be my focus, what was going to be taking up most, you know, like, cause most musicians these days will know that like, you really have to be intentional about how you spend your time, you know, like, uh, I don't have time for other hobbies, you know, like, this is (laughs) like, I have a day job and then I like do this, you know? Um, so I was kind of at that crossroads of trying to decide what was a priority in my life. And I was engaged to my now husband and, Uh, At the same time, being in graduate school, ironically, I had health insurance for the first time in a long time and, uh, and was able to like actually afford therapy. And so I was like unpacking all of these things that I never really like processed from my childhood, Uh, came from a pretty dysfunctional family structure, you know? Um, And so I was like unpacking all this stuff at the same time as I was looking at the future and thinking about like who I wanted to be, what kind of life I was building, you know? for myself and for my family you know my myself and my husband and my community right um and so for me I just process things through songs and I think what it became though was that I really started thinking about like for me this album like the overarching theme is really that like I just want it to be all on the table and I like more than anything want people to hear like people who may have like been through the shit, people who have like had gone through hard stuff, people who have like had a rough start in life. You know, I just want people to hear that like, you know, they're not alone. And like that, you know, just because you've gone through really rough shit doesn't mean like, you know, sorry, I'm swearing a lot. That's kind of my, you can let me know.
0: I I have the mouth of a sailor. You're in good company. (laughs)
1: I'm like, I actually forgot to ask if this was that kind of, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I just want people to know that like, you're not broken because you have like gone through this stuff and like, you get, you still get to decide like what kind of life you want to have and what kind of person you want to be. And, and, you know, a lot of us are like victims of circumstance and like, you just, you have, you know, like we all have, uh, differ in the terms of like resources that we have access to and, and leg up that we may have had or not had. Right. But at the end of the day, like you get to decide kind of like, you know, what kind of human do you want to be, you know, like what kind of impact you want to have on the people around you, you know? And so that was for me, a lot of this was, was kind of, I think for a long time, I felt like I had to like make up for all the stuff that I went through, like by being like this, you know, fitting into the box, you know, like I got a good job and I'm responsible you know, like member of my community and I do the things that responsible people are supposed to do. And really in doing all those things, I just was like not honoring any of the things that I actually wanted in my life. You know, like I never gave myself space to like actually pursue music because I didn't, to me that the narrative that I had always been fed was that that's like selfish, you know, like, and so for me, this has really been about like learning to embrace, you know, being selfish and like go after the things that matter to me and hopefully convey to other people that like, that's okay. And like, that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And that like, you only, you know, you only get one life and you might as well do the things that you like to do and that bring you happiness and, you know, screw the, the box that, you know, society tries to put you in. Cause like at the end of the day, they're not the ones who have to live your life,
0: you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I uh, applaud that soapbox because, um, I, I, it's so weird. Like we have so many things. In common. <laughs> it's really odd. Um, uh, I mean, seriously talk about being a good company. I, I gave up a 10 year law practice to pursue music for, um, for a full-time thing. And, um, and that's what I tell people all the time. I'm like, you know, when especially when people younger than me ask me for advice I'm like follow your passion like I know it sounds like a cliche but do it like don't let you know the the programming or people's expectations um tell you who you are because you know only we can figure that out only only we get to say who we are and um I think it's I think it's really great that uh that folks like you too are are inspiring other people to to follow their dreams because so many people are afraid to do that and it is everything following your dream is everything. Um, so you know, congratulations on that too because that's a it's a brave thing to do. I I, I talk to a lot of lawyers because my husband's still a lawyer and so many of his colleagues and so many of my former colleagues. Um, mm you know kind of wish that they were able to do that and um i think more people should so i i i welcome you to the <laughs> to the board of people saying follow your dreams it's a it's a good thing <laughs> yeah
1: thank you no i appreciate that and you know it's funny cuz like you say that you know we're in good company but you know the more i talk to people i think when i first wrote the record i was a little bit like reluctant Uh, I was fortunate to have a producer, uh, my, my buddy Dylan Welsh, actually, who is a, uh, he, uh, you know, normally is kind of a road dog. Like he, you know, he spends most of his time on the road playing professionally for various bands right now. He's in the Lowdown Drifters. Um, and, uh, you know, he just happened to be off the road and we were like, you know, doing that thing that all the musicians were doing around that time which is just bitching about everything being terrible and <laughs> having <laughs> no gigs and no opportunities and you know yes. um and I was I was really kind of surprised because I had just been writing a lot of these songs like just a, like I said just a process and he was really like oh yeah I like this like we could do something cool with this and the more I talked to people the more I realized like at the time it seemed really like this is risky. Like, I don't know if this is the kind of thing people want to listen to. Like, I don't know if this is the kind of subject matter people want to hear about, but the more I talk to people, the more I find that like, people are like, I relate to this so hard. Like, you know, and, and I realize that like, it's not as uncommon as we think it is. And, and I think there is a value, you know, and like in us, like getting comfortable talking about that stuff, because especially in the music industry, I think so much time, so much of the time we're fed this idea, you know, that it's like a young person, you know, like you gotta be like 19 years old and like, you know, mm-hmm. a heterosexual white dude with, you know, friends in high places, you know, <laughs> like, yep. um, yeah, or if you're a woman, you know, you know, like the rhetoric that women get fed is basically that we have like an expiration date. And, you know, yes. the only, the only reason anybody's going to care about what you have to say is if you're pretty and yeah. like, you know, Like you fit that kind of traditional, um, Mm -hmm. you know, mold. And like, honestly, the more I talk to people, the more I'm like, literally, like, I don't know anyone who feels that that's like authentic to who they are. You know, like we all are like kind of like these like weird misfits that, you know, feel like we're secretly just like somebody's going to find us out. You know, like we're going to figure it out that I don't like, I don't. I don't, this doesn't come naturally to me or like, I don't, you know, I'm not like, I don't just like naturally, you know, uh, walk around with like this effervescence that I have when I'm on stage, you know, like we're all just like secretly afraid that people are going to like figure out that we don't belong when in reality yeah. that's what makes us belong is that we're all just trying to like. Figure Absolutely. Out. We're not alone.
0: And and my, my friend Alex um, is very involved in music here in Nashville. And He's, um, he's always reminding me, he's always saying that to me. He's, he's always saying you belong, um, you know, because it, sometimes it, sometimes it is hard for us to believe that, you know, um, ourselves, but, um, that's what makes us, that's what makes us belong. (laughs) (laughs) One of the other things that I'm really, um, what that I really like that you're talking about in this album too, is, is trauma and the profound effect that that has on our lives and how it shapes, how we see ourselves and how, you know, we see ourselves in the world. And, um, you know, I have been talking about about trauma for a long time in my music and Alison Russell talks about trauma. And I, I think that it's just a wonderful thing that more and more artists are, talking about it and getting it out there because I mean, most people are just walking around an unhealed trauma and yeah, right. <laughs> it needs to be talked about. So yeah. um, let share with me your feelings about that.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, I think I, one of the best quotes that I ever heard about this, that was real like a real light bulb moment for me was that healing from trauma. Isn't about, becoming like I think so many times I had this mindset too it's like you think that you need to become like this perfect person to like prove that you're better than that but
0: Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) (laughs)
1: learning to love yourself like in with all the shit you know like I don't have to become like I don't have to be uh you know have a nine to five and like make a lot of money and like dress a certain way to be valid in my like humanness you know um yeah. and so like for me like really realizing i spent so much time like i said trying to i felt like i was trying to kind of compensate for that um you know especially uh this has been a real like my my partner uh, he comes from like completely the opposite, like family structure. Like he has like, his parents are still married, (laughs) like very traditional nuclear family structure, like very supportive.
0: Um, you know, and like mine too, my, my husband like had the most ideal upbringing. I'm like, that's so so great for you.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, "That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. And I love his family. Like I, you know, I'm tight with his family. Like we're great, but, um, But, you know, I think for a long time, I felt like I was kind of having to like make up for that, you know, like, oh, well, my family's kind of a hot mess and like, I don't have the resources or the support that other people have, you know, and, you know, I'm the oldest in my family. So like, you know, I, you know, you know, one of the things that I, you know, it's probably a combination of everything, right? Like being the oldest and being a woman and being, you know, coming from that, like, that family structure where, um, you know, my, uh, my dad uh, and I, like, I have not had a relationship with my father for like my entire adult life. Um, he's not a super great guy. Um, and my mom, like I just watched her growing up, like try to like pretend we were normal. It was like her dearest wish that we would just appear to be normal. Right. And I, I'm really lucky in that she is also going through this, this, like she's been healing from this too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause I come from, you know, we talk about like generational cycles of trauma and poverty, you know, like my grandmother was a single mom. She had my mom at 16, mm-hmm. uh, back then they kicked you out of high school for getting pregnant, you know? So, cause that's what a pregnant single 16 year old needs is right. to not have and not have a high school education. Right? right. Um, and so it just was these cycles and like, you know, so my mom didn't really have any good, like role models of what like a healthy relationship, like family dynamic looked like. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that like kind of got passed on down to me. And so like what I took out of that, like, growing up was just that, like, I, like, became a fixer, you know, like, I wanted to fix everything. I just wanted to make everything look normal, like, everything's fine. I don't need anything. You don't have to expand any resources on me, you know? I'm just going to be, like, easy. Like, you don't have to, you know? And really, the problem with that, though, is that, like, I've had had conversations with us about, like with friends about this. The problem is, is you think that what you're doing is making everybody else's life easier, but what you're really doing is not letting them in. And like, people don't know who you are. You can't become right. people if they haven't seen, you know, the shit that you're, you know, like, because yeah. I really, really believe that that's how we like bond with other humans is through like, you know, like that kind of recognition of each other's like f- human flaws and being like, yeah, you right. know, I like it way, you know, like, I actually, I kind of like you a little bit because of that, you know,
0: and, and vulnerability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because when people are vulnerable with us, I think we feel like we've been let in to their, you know, a little bit inside their head and that feels like a privilege. And so when I realized, you know, again, when I became an adult, right, that was not taking up any space and really, you know, not ever like vocalizing what it was that I actually wanted out of life. Mm -hmm like I wasn't letting anybody in. Nobody knew who the hell I was. Like nobody. And in that way, like nobody, I think I'm Sorry. Uh, the whole, the whole thing is really, I think for me, like learning to take up space actually was what like really allowed me, like, I think it made me a better friend. It made me a better musician. It made me like, you know i thought that i was doing all those things by like giving everybody else space but like really you know it's like when you start being like honest about who you are you actually like make it okay for other people to do the same thing in a weird way yeah. uh, and that's been kind of a big like learning experience for me
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and and like i said like it's just so good that we're talking about this because so many people you know i mean there are people like you and me who have you know what i would call like more obvious trauma Um, and, but then there are people, you know, I know people who have just as much trauma as I do from less obvious things. Um, and so, and I, and I feel, you know, what I've learned is like, you know, unhealed trauma can just, you know, it can lead you down so many dark paths that, that -hmm. just don't have to be tread if, if you can, you know, if you can see that see how many things um you know are manifested in your life by that trauma and then just like then you can just like identify it name it and and forge your own path so um it's a beautiful thing that you've picked up you know all of this heavy subject matter and um made really great art really relatable art from it um thank you one of the okay so the opening song the apple Yeah. Um, the opening line is just my favorite. It's, uh, born from the wreckage of my father's mistakes. I still have his, I still have his last name, but I'll give it away. Like, girl, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, how does she know me?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, that's funny because that's one of those lines that like I, you know, you worry, you get in your own head, you know, as a musician, you're like, I don't know if anybody else is gonna like relate to this. But you know, yeah, it came from that space really like of you know, uh my husband said this really beautiful thing to me when we were engaged, and that was that like, you know, he know he he's like pretty you know, cool with whatever, like whatever I wanted to do. He was like, you know, and he asked me at one point if I wanted to take his last name, um, which I have legally, uh, um, you know, but, um, and, uh, and I said, Oh, hell yeah. You know, I want to do that. Like I, and I kind of said, you know, and being snarky, like I usually am that like, I didn't have any reason to keep my last name. My mom went back to her maiden name after my parents split up and like, you know, like, I didn't really have any reason not to. Um, And he kind of said something really beautiful, which was that he was excited because he felt like we were, like, building a new legacy together, you know, like, building our own kind of, like, family unit. And, like, you know, because, you know, his family is something, like, he comes from a really solid foundation. And, he, you know, that's something that he's really proud of. And, you know, um, and so I, I loved that. I loved that idea of, like, starting over. But, you, yeah, I was kind of thinking about, you know, how, like, I don't know. I was just in one of those moods. I was like sitting in my, in my band room, like, you know, it was like late at night. I just was noodling around and that like, a lot of times for me, like opening lines will just kind of pop into my Mm -hmm. head. And that was one of those where it just kind of popped into my head. And originally, of course I was like, Oh man, that's like way too dark. Nobody's going (laughs) to, but, um, But actually, yeah, like, I mean, it, it it's honestly to this day, one of my favorite songs on the album. Like, I think it, you know, it really to me is like an introduction, to, like who I am, you know, it's like, OK, this is like all my cards are on the table, you know, yeah.
0: Um, you know, I really love it. And I, I completely and totally identified with it immediately because uh, like, I, you know, as a feminist, you know, it it was sort of like. I always thought that, you know, I'll keep my name because I don't want to give up my identity or whatever. And then when I married my second husband, I did keep my name when I married my first husband. And by the time I married my second husband, I was just so done with, you know, my father and all of his garbage. And I thought I was like, I would pay somebody a million dollars to take this shitty name from me. (laughs) I'm like, Ramey. Got a yeah. great ring to it. I think I think I'll take yeah. that. And it just it felt good. It, it felt good to just you know shed that identity. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Well, I know, and I totally love that. You know, and I think about that a lot as a feminist too. Is like, is like this idea that you know, feminism isn't about saying like you have to do this or you shouldn't do this or you be, right. It's about us making choices for yeah. ourselves. It's about what do you want. What do you want, you know, like, what do you want to be your name? You know, like, I know, I honestly, like, I know, um, I have some friends that this is like, I think, a like trend that's been kind of on the rise, like amongst like millennials and younger a little bit, but like, I have friends who like them and their husbands, like they came up with a completely new last name together, you know, like they like, you know, and I I think whatever you want to do, you know, like that's the feminist thing. It's just about like having a choice, you know? And for like, it sounds like for you too, right. For me, it was about having the choice of like, what do I want? What's going to serve me? What's going to feel authentic to like my wishes, you know, because I don't want to just make a decision out of tradition or out of obligation, you know, it was kind of funny too, because before we were engaged, I had thought about, you know, as musicians too, right. You like think a lot about your, kids. Yeah. you're always
0: like,
1: do I need to have a pseudonym? Do I need to change it? What do I need to, t-? you know, like, um, you become like hyper aware, especially when you're a singer songwriter because it's like your name on everything. Yeah. Um, and so I went through this a lot. Right. And I always like was kind of stuck with my dad's last name. And this is like a last name that, I, you know, like, and you know, it was kind of one of those weird things where I was like, well, I could take my mom's maiden name, but she didn't know her dad either. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, at what point am I just like <laughs> taking some dude's name, like that has no right. relevance to yeah. my life, you know? Uh, you know, so yeah, it was funny. I'm really glad that you uh, like identify with that. Cause I thought it was a little bit of a long shot that people were, you know, like, but I'm glad, like, I, I think that, that shit should be talking like, I think we should be talking about that stuff. And like, there are more people out there than you think that have like, bad relationships with their family or a certain members of their family, you know, uh, and I think instead of like hiding it or being ashamed of it, we should just like be open about yeah. it, you know, because yeah. that's how we find people who are like, yeah, us. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, it, it resonated with me really strong and, you know, I, I've, I've been coming to terms with the fact that it's like, it's totally okay to disengage yeah. from a toxic family member with just like, it's okay to dis- disengage from a toxic anybody, um, you know, like, yeah. cause ultimately, you know, our healing is, um, is paramount. So I just, I love that line and I'm so glad that you wrote it. Um, the other song that I really liked, cause I like dark things. I really liked the Belvedere hotel. Um, can you tell me what that song is about?
1: yeah that's actually one of my favorite songs off of the album like hands down period you know but I'm you know music we're like musicians I think are always like that like you're always gonna like your like weirdest like least commercial yeah like like, give give me
0: a minor key I'm I'm a sucker for it yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) a minor key in an eight minute long song you know (laughs) um so that song I always like I always tell the story of the song it shows cuz I think it like usually makes people laugh but I always say it like basically my my husband and I uh I don't know if this is a Pacific Northwest thing or if this is like ev- if this is just like everybody but we you know are like we unwind by like smoking weed and watching true crime and like yeah that's like a fun you know and so we were watching unsolved mysteries and there was an episode about uh Ray Rivera and the Belvedere Hotel and this story was you know that uh it was this big mystery obviously like uh him and his wife were living in Baltimore Maryland and they she was out of town they had like a house guest over and he just like disappeared and like they didn't know where he went. There was like a search, you know, a couple days later they found him and he had fallen through the roof of the ballroom of the Belvedere hotel. And like, nobody knows how that happened. They have like, they're like, he could have theoretically like run and jumped from like the parking structure, like adjacent to the building. But that's like, that would be really weird. Um, yeah. So it's a big, it was a big mystery. And that was, you know, got my gears turning. I, th- I was like really interested in learning more about the story. And then I like kind of went down a rabbit hole. I, um, started reading this book and I wish I could remember the author's name, but she actually was living, uh, in part of the hotel had been turned into apartments by that time. And she was living in one of the apartments and was a, she was a an writer. And so she like started like this whole like investigation and like, she started like digging into the, the backstory of the hotel and like, she was really interested in like trying to find out like what happened to this guy. Mm -hmm. And so to me at that point, I, like, I started thinking of like the hotel almost as like the main character in this story as like an observer to all of these, like, these like things that have happened over the years, you know? And so for me, that was my end to the song was thinking about it from the perspective of like, I really like the idea of places having like memories, you know, like
0: um,
1: my husband's indigenous. And so like he talks a lot about like the energy that like is imbued into things, you know, by what's happened there. (laughs) Right. Um, And a lot of times that can be like good energy and bad energy and, you know, and like, I'm just really interested in that as like an idea or concept. And so for me, that was kind of my approach to the song was thinking about it as like the hotel is like a character. I love that. Witnessing. History, you know, witnessing all these things that have happened, you know, and to us as humans, when this thing happens, right, it's like a big deal, but to the places and the like the things that exist in that, you know, that have existed there for hundreds of years it's just, it's just another thing, right. you know, it's just, just part of history.
0: It's a really cool song. And, um, and I, like, I went down the rabbit hole with you. So I, I'm really, I'm really glad that, I'm so glad that I, that I got to experience that. <laughs> um, the things I tell my therapist is coming out. There were two different dates that I saw. There was one in August, one yeah. September. Which one is it? Yeah.
1: So we're actually, we're doing our, our, pre-release party uh tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, so that's going to be kind of an exclusive for like the people in my hometown community who've really like always been really supportive of my music. The official release date is September 2nd. September 2nd. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um
0: do you have any, you know, uh, do you have any tour plans?
1: Yeah, so actually, I'm really excited. We're putting some stuff together. Going to be down at Americana Fest uh, in, in, you know, September. Like, what is that? Like, the 13th through the 18th. Yeah. Um, you know, got some stuff lined up for that. And then I actually um, ended up just kind of as a fluke. Uh, had a friend in New Orleans who had, like, some gigs before that. And she wanted to throw me on those. So we're going to make a little run of it. And I'm going to do, you know, some probably do some dates in in uh, New Orleans, and then uh, Memphis, and then uh, Nashville. So we're gonna we're gonna be kind of doing a little little mini run uh, after the album comes out. Uh, you know, just to just to play all the songs. for That's
0: everybody. fun. That's great. And you'll have to let me know yeah. um, where all you're playing for Americana Fest because we'll be out and about. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll have to come check you out. And um, yeah. just I I always. Forget to do this at the end of these interviews so I want to make sure that I make a point of this tell our listeners where they can connect with you in the in the the ether out in the internet
1: oh yeah that's such a great question I always forget to talk yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah so I have a website britneycollinsband.com uh I'm on instagram at brit makes music uh, I think it's Brit makes music, uh, on Facebook too. You know, like if you want the like actual web link, but you can also just search Brittany Collins band. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on, you know, I got a YouTube. I like actually put stuff up semi-regularly on YouTube. I like to do stuff like while we're traveling, I'll just do these like little impromptu like acoustic videos wherever we happen to be at. Um, so, yeah, and I am like pretty good about posting, you know, like when I'm playing shows and and when I'm releasing new music and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm online, you know, I'm on all the things as, as most awesome. <laughs> most of us are these days. Awesome. Right? And
0: and we'll be able to find the album um, after it's September release date on all the digital platforms and everything like that.
1: All the platforms. Yep. I got a band camp at Spotify and Apple Music, iTunes, you know, whatever, wherever you YouTube uh, music, you know. Uh, wherever you listen to music, it's going to be out September 2nd. Um, and, you know, I th- we, I think we have one more single to release before the album officially launches. Uh, we've released three so far. Uh, we got um, we did, uh, The Apple was the first one, and then we did uh, our song, Two Worlds. And this last week, released, we released the song, The Journey, which is a fun little kind of yeah. Like, like more of an upbeat, you know, uh, funky tune, but, um, yeah, so we've got lots of music out, uh, another single going to be coming out before the album, you know, officially drops, uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, lots of fun stuff for people to watch.
0: That's exciting. I'm very, very excited for you. You're a good writer and, um, I love your voice and, um, love your vibe. And, um, I definitely feel like we have knew each other in a life before this one. So, it was really I
1: love that. Yeah, thank you so much. It was
0: very cool to connect with you, um, especially through uh, the best medium in the world, which is music. And um, yeah. I can't thank you enough for joining me on Americana Station today. Let's keep in touch, and we'll we'll come see you for Americana Fest.
1: Heck yeah, I would love that. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely connect. And I really appreciate you having me on and your patience as we work through the technical it's, it's all good. The it's all part of it. Of right? <laughs> everything, it's like everything advances, but it also all stays the same. Like it's, yes. we all have new ways to connect with each other, but they're just as buggy as they've always yeah, been.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on and I hope you have a good session with your Yeah, therapist. I'm looking forward
0: to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Brittany. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much. You have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye.